0: Welcome back to another episode of Geek Nerdery. It's been a while, but i never said these episodes were going to come out weekly because I'm lazy. Um, and I'm actually joined with a full house tonight. Uh, I actually have from the last horror cast, my other podcast, I got Doug. Hello. And then from uh, Hero Unabridged and many other podcasts like Dead Indicator, uh, Murph is joining us. What's up? And then, all the way from Galesburg, Illinois, uh, one half of the Awesome 80s podcast, uh, Mike, and then uh, general all around uh, podcaster, uh, Mr. Mike Patterson.
1: Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. This is Mike. We just, it's Carlson. We'll just do Carlson and Patterson. That's probably easy. Okay. Not do either, but that's how they've named us.
2: Just Whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: An argument breaks out during the introductions. That's a good
0: start. <laughs> this is what you call me, and you call me it now. Uh, so as you can see, we got a, we got a bunch of people gathered up to talk about uh, two awesome things that don't really have anything to do with each other other than we just really wanted to talk about them. And uh, the first being the new Netflix show, Glow. Starring Alison Brie and Mark Marin. And then the brand new Spider-Man Homecoming movie, which just opened a couple days ago.
3: We could argue that tangentially, Spider-Man does have some wrestling background. That's a good point. It's not addressed in the movie, though.
0: It's true.
1: God bless you, Bonesome.
0: Yeah, we did see him wrestle uh, Randy Savage at one point. Which is one of the best things ever.
3: Bone saw is
4: ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> totally, totally, totally can't hear you at all. You got to get up on it. Hello, Can you hear me? Yeah, you, you got to get up on
4: that mic.
1: Like touch it with oh, your nose. Touch it with your nose. the like, one like, Thanks, everybody.
4: This is great. All right, love comedy, love it. Anyway.
0: Um, so first up, uh, Glow. Um, has did anybody ever watch the original '80s uh, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling on the TVs? Uh,
2: I have recollections of it, but I can't remember if I watched full episodes of it or just
3: clips or what. It was too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I can remember you? seeing it, but that's about it.
1: I remember it being like this is Carlson talking. I remember it being like. There, I watched it a couple times, but I really remember roller derby, like the ladies' roller derby. And I thought that, like in my mind, I'm like, oh, they're the same show, but they're not the same show. But, but yeah, I do remember it being there in the background. And I did I did watch the documentary about this, like the actual presentation yeah. from the 80s on Netflix, and I thought that was fantastic.
0: No. Patterson? <laughs> All
1: right, <laughs> good.
0: Yeah, the, the only weird interaction I had with Glow when it was originally on was that one time on Family Feud they had WCW wrestlers and then Glow go against each other. And that was pretty much it. Um, I too did check out the Glow documentary, which was pretty fantastic. If you ever want to hear the real story of how Glow got together, um, I would highly recommend the, the documentary, which was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is or not.
1: Yeah, it's there. Uh, the... Uh... Lady that's in the original film, She was one of the side characters in "and uh, How I Got to College," the '80s film. It's uh, done with the same people that do uh, the
4: Anthony, but yeah,
1: Better Off Dead and uh, and, uh, and One Crazy Summer. It's a Savage Steve Holland
3: film. I think it's. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Is it All right. is it unfair that I assume that the true story has more cocaine?
2: <laughs>
3: I'm sure it does. Uh,
0: possibly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this this TV show is like a fictionalized version of how Glow came about, um, with sort of shadows of actual wrestlers who were in Glow. Um, you can definitely see the comparisons if you watch the documentary. But I don't know if there was, like, likeness issues. Maybe they only had the uh, rights to use the actual Glow name. Because pretty much everything else is kind of made up and fictional. Which is perfectly fine.
2: Well, some of the characters aren't portrayed very well, so I can imagine the real people would not necessarily want people to, <laughs> no. to think that this is what they were like, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't imagine, Uh, with the amount of cocaine that uh, Mark Maron does in this movie.
2: Yeah, sure, nobody wants to sign on for that. (laughs) No. Um, So I
0: guess the basic overall sort of synopsis of the show is that a uh, sort of down-on-his-luck, what I would call more of a genre director, uh, sort of teams up with this guy who has a shit ton of money that just wants to make his own female wrestling league. And so they hold auditions and a bunch of random women slash actresses
1: slash weird wolf ladies. Um, um, Brian, Brian, if it's if it's female wrestling, it's like porno the whole family. <laughs> sure. No, that's one like of the lines of Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so they all show up for this audition and then, you know, we get our cast sort of put together and then it's just sort of a, a look at them trying to become female wrestlers and put the show on with the trials and tribulations that go along the way. Um, so Mr. Carlson, I know you're a huge
1: wrestling fan. What did you think of uh, Glow? Uh, overall, I really like the characters. You know, it feels like there's been something missing mostly from the, the bigger, obviously larger wrestling companies out there. I just there needs to be a story. There needs to be a, you know something that tells me why I need to care about these characters. And I, I get it kind of delivered here and low, Except um, I'm going to call shenanigans because they never really had to learn how to wrestle. Like they had the first guy come and they learned to wrestle for half a day, and then that was it. And then eventually, I thought the brothers were going to come in and teach everyone like the the big the bigger girl has a, a dad, and the two brothers would also wrestle. Eventually, I thought they were going to come in and teach everyone like to, like actually wrestle. And they only knew like some theatrical stunt work. And I know that for a fact that you cannot know how to wrestle properly unless you actually learn how to wrestle properly.
0: Well, technically, which we'll get into, uh, the two brothers did teach sort of two of our main characters, uh, Alice and Bree, who is Ruth uh, Ruth something or another. Yeah. And then uh, her best friend who they're on the outs, but for some reason, she decides to join this wrestling league. Uh, they do teach both of them to wrestle, and they're going to be sort of the headliners for everything, so so they do sort of teach wrestling. They just don't teach everybody.
2: It did seem a little disrespectful to the wrestling industry, though, the the idea that you could just take a bunch of actresses and like one stunt person to coordinate them, and they could just be wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Like there's probably independent wrestlers out there who are working their ass off every day thinking like that doesn't seem like that's how we want people to think
3: of our <laughs> jobs. You could yeah. almost argue the opposite end though, because I know a whole lot of independent wrestling companies that have even less access to proper training. And- I
4: what do you think? Like what do you think? Like were you offended as a former independent wrestler?
0: A former independent championship wrestler.
1: <laughs> I know for a fact I didn't know That's
4: anything about wrestling. So,
1: and, um, in real life, didn't they have one of the Guerreros? I thought in the real life they had one of the Guerreros, the uh, original 80s little wrestlers. And then Chavo taught the actual girls at the time. Yeah. The actual Yeah,
0: yeah I believe uh, Chavo Sr., who WWE fans would know as Chavo Classic. um <laughs>
4: I,
1: I like I like old Coke because I'm old. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I believe he was uh, he was really involved, and then Chavo Jr. I think uh, helped train everybody. And then uh, we had lots of cameos. Uh, as you mentioned, the first trainer they get is uh, John Morrison and WWE Johnny Mundo. For those who watch uh, Underground. And uh, the two brothers, Brodus Clay and Carlito. So um the fuck is Scott doing? Scott's sending me random gifts of Spider Man now.
4: It yeah. <laughs> doesn't count it's not as pics it's fine.
0: Yeah, as long as it's not dick pics, I guess it's fine. Um, what about spider? So, guess- <laughs> so Mr Patterson, what did you think of the show?
4: Um I'm still only really like two of <laughs> had to get through a uh, You son of a bitch I'm trying to burn through a bunch of different shows Well Mike's like Hey you want to be on a podcast about Spiderman i like yeah of course Is it going to do Glow i like yeah of course <laughs> right. I can do that well, You,
1: you talked about a little bit And you said that yeah. you really like Mark Maron's character like, Mark he, Maron yeah He Mark is, Maron is the best is awesome. part He's the best part <laughs> yeah. of the show And Alison Brie uh, And he's boots
4: really let you have it on the first just, episode. But the whole thing about that is, <laughs> like, one of those things where it's like, man, I've been, you know, I'd like to see this electric system, take it, you know, but then it's like 15 years on, and you're like, well, do I really still want to? Like,
1: it looks like, looks skinny, different. weird, it looks I'm different. like, well... He's been working on doing wrestling
4: stuff. I, guess this is, I know, but stuff. then it's like, it's like, I might be watching it by myself, but it feels like there's somebody, like mom's in the room like i don't want to watch this right now you it's watch just, this with your mom no i'm saying <laughs> the feeling i had while she was while she was naked, naked
2: yeah i felt like i felt like a little like, sister like, kind of situation like, like, like this is weird to watch no
4: because it's weird because i still want to have sex with little sister but i mean i just mean in terms of like you don't even have a
1: little sister Mike.
4: exactly but wait where the hell is this going <laughs> anyway what the,
1: I like is the going on well the best the part like i think the best part i mean she gets really annoying like she's like so and I mean, she does a great part, great job being See, annoying. You
4: said that, but I didn't think yeah. I didn't think, I think so. What I saw,
1: well, this, you've like, few yeah. episodes in. Just, wait. Yeah,
0: oh,
4: then, okay. like, just
1: just way. But then, like, just watching, watching right. Mark Maron do <laughs> that character, like that's right in his wheelhouse, it is so much fun.
0: He's kind of brought me. Yeah, up, I was gonna say, that. but I was a huge fan of Mark Maron in this in this show. Yeah. Um, I, I have not been a fan of his podcast because I think he's just so all over the place that I just can't. I'm just I, I want to grab him and be like, focus. Yeah, of focus, I, I, but. I
1: love his yes. show. I never yeah. I never stay on top of the name. I love his
0: yeah. show. Um, so I was excited. I really liked him in the show. It makes me really want to check out his IFC show, which is weirdly enough based on his podcast, but I don't know.
2: It seems like he was perfectly go. cast here though, where it's just like they have this character who's yeah. not particularly well focused and is kind of a mess, and Marin fit that just just perfectly. And he already kind of looks like he's from 1980 at all times.
0: That's so. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so, Noah, what did you think of Glow in your binge watching today?
3: Uh, I I really liked it for the most part. I don't know how they managed to make the main character of Ruth be the most unlikable fucking person in the entire show.
4: <laughs> okay, so it does come. <laughs> it
3: does come.
0: Yeah.
4: Uh,
3: but besides that, I mean i liked everybody. I think they they managed to give a lot of characters a lot of personality with very little screen time, which is pretty pretty impressive. Um, and uh and you guys are right, because Marin's character really like ties the whole thing together. And I like the fact that you like him at first and by the end you've got all these reasons to hate him and you like him even more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just love his sort of, like... Like, he's someone that, like you said, that we should just not like. He's down, sort of down on his luck. He's sort of a genre director who's never gotten any respect for anything. And you see him trying to, like, put all this shit together. But then at the end of the day, it's like... He comes up with these ideas, and it's like... Oh, fuck, that was, like, a fantastic idea. And it totally works, and everything, like... Works perfectly, but it's just, yeah, for the start of it, it's just, yeah. He's, he, like you said, you like him. He does a bunch of shit. I shouldn't like him anymore, but you end up loving him by the end of the show. Uh, Doug, how about you? How did you feel about Glow?
2: Uh, I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was. I, I did it, like, I think. I don't know who already said it but they did a really good job of making all the characters interesting and I actually kind of cared what was going on with the background characters as well as the main characters which really sort of made it I don't I don't know it, it made it feel like okay I'm watching this actual like cast and not just a few individual storylines it's interesting I thought the they did a good job too of portraying. I think it's clear their goal was to have these like strong female characters. And I thought they did a pretty good job of that. Having a mixture of different female characters that none of them really fit the stereotype of what you expect to see on a TV show, Um, which was, you know, nice. I'm sure it was probably if we had a woman here, I'm sure she could tell us whether it's nice to see them (laughs) portrayed on screen. I noticed it. So I'm sure that for females watching it, it's probably nice to see strong female characters. Yeah. Um, I also like that there's just a variety of characters and the way they interacted I felt, it seemed real to me you had some older characters, you had some younger characters, there was always tension between them, you also had like the two girls that weren't getting along at the beginning that sort of had to come together professionally even though they couldn't get along personally I thought that worked really well so, yeah, yeah, yeah overall find, really well made
0: you find on the first episode Ruth and Debbie Egan are like best friends and that Ruth has also slept with her husband twice um, and that kind of puts this big split like in the first episode you find all this shit out and so it puts this big split and then Debbie decides to join Glow just so she can like throw her around a lot and yeah it's it's a really good dynamics between those two even Mark um, Marin, like in the show like sees like their whole feud like before his eyes like this would essentially print money so, it, it's just a really interesting way they sort of incorporated everybody together in everybody's relationships.
1: I really like the, uh, the wolf girl, and then there's like the Palestinian girl, and then the, the, the dynamic between her and the girl that keeps ordering pizzas. You find out later as a different story. And you just like, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I mean, this is, you care a lot about the side characters. The bigger girl whose dad doesn't want her to wrestle, like all the other side characters know at least something about the moment the girl is trying to get pregnant
4: well I mean this is like have you guys seen the new black um,
1: whoa whoa whoa
4: yeah I'm, the, I'm like a... well because it's like that's it's by the same people and they're really good at on you know fleshing out characters mm-hmm. for the most part just standing in the background usually so yeah that's their forte
0: Yeah, they did really well too. Like nothing feels like force. Like, oh, this girl, her dad doesn't want her to wrestle. This girl, blah blah blah. Like they weave it throughout the episodes, and I think it really works really well.
3: The the two dumb girls that are all coked out to the whole thing, they they (laughs) end up being one of your favorite parts because they remind me of like the bushwhackers, where (laughs) where they're not necessarily talented or charismatic, but you need them around because they're entertaining. (laughs) <laughs> well yeah.
1: like whackers and the nasty boys aren't that far apart I was thinking nasty
0: yeah they're just given, they're just given the gimmick of like the beat down biddies, where they're just like the old ladies who just show up and wrestle for some reason because in the 80s that's what happened
3: <laughs> the white supremacists.
2: Yeah, when they had them dressed up as KKK members at one point, I'm like, this does seem like something that would have happened in '80s wrestling. Like, they would have just shown up for that one week. There'd be a lot of outcry, and they'd be like, "Yeah, we're not doing that again. Next week, we'll do something different."
1: Well, like how many times was Roddy Piper in
2: blackface? Like how many that is? is, 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 Like
1: that happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, yeah, we probably shouldn't
0: have done that. So let's not do that anymore. Just. Um, that's one thing I liked is I feel like they actually got the wrestling right on this show which I feel like could be done horribly Um, Debbie Egan her character she's a former soap opera star She was on this really popular soap opera but apparently was not given a whole lot to do and then was just uh, unceremoniously put into a coma which then of course she came out of like two years later and was recast as somebody else. And so she spends like the first half of the show, like being like, Oh, this is wrestling. Wrestling is kind of stupid. So we shouldn't take it seriously. And then (laughs) I love it that they go to like an independent wrestling show and they're explaining like who these wrestlers are to her. And she has this light bulb moment, which I mean, I've known like forever where she's like, this is soap opera. Well, this is totally so bad like I get this and she's able to make that mental connection which then makes her take wrestling like super seriously which I thought was fascinating
2: well I think that also would have worked for an audience of people that would be attracted to this show that wouldn't be wrestling fans I think that might have helped explain it to them without dumbing it down so much that people who watch wrestling like you're not offended watching, because it it's not like spoon feeding it to you. Mm-hmm. But people who don't watch wrestling can see that scene and go, "Oh, I see what she's learning," and they're learning it along with her. So I think that'd be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Um. Any other big points anybody wants to point out?
3: Uh, nothing that isn't super spoilery. Yeah.
0: Do we need a spoiler section?
3: I don't know I don't know because there's really only one thing in there that's a I I would say it's a very progressive moment for a TV show Mm -hmm. that uh, I'm I'm trying to think of how to say it without saying it Uh, uh, when one of the characters goes to a doctor for a procedure and it's a very fast and dispassionate like thing Which is, I I think that's the first time I've ever seen that in a show, like where it's not all drawn out and there isn't wailing and gnashing of teeth and an argument with some other person whose business it has nothing to do with. It
1: It feels like it was as simple as a handshake. Taken care of.
2: See, I felt that that was sort of forced into the show, though. It felt to me like they were just kind of trying to drive home one of their feminist points and it it was a little heavy-handed for me from a filmmaking perspective I thought maybe just if they'd woven it in a little smoother it would have gotten better for me but I mean I guess they're trying to be progressive they were but
3: I mean did, did anybody else feel that way at all or no see I don't know I think I think the clinical nature of it actually made it fit better because it was like a career decision and a life decision rather than this big drawn-out drama, if that
1: makes sense. Yeah. To a certain extent, it kind of felt like an homage to, there's a scene in Last American Virgin, and then Fast Times already went high. Like it, they just kind of make it a montage. Like, hey, let's just make this medical procedure Put it in the montage. Make it a montage. Yeah.
4: Did they like that? Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, uh, I mean, realistically, if you take that scene out of the show... And everything pertaining to why she needs to have that done. I guess it really doesn't change a whole lot. Um but maybe yeah, like the like Noah said, maybe like the character stuff of well I'm serious about doing this, so this is a decision for me and not really a decision about anything else. So I guess that makes sense. But I guess ultimately you don't really need it, but I mean,
2: uh, well, I don't it's think I at that point. nobody would have questioned that character's motives at that point. Like yeah. it was well into the show, and I think we all knew that she was serious about the wrestling and serious about trying to get everything done.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't. really think too much about it, um, really. But you know, bringing it up now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's not a hundred percent. It's not something super important, but. It's there, so I mean, what are you gonna do? Oh, uh, anything else? Anybody wants to break up?
4: Your implications earlier that if I had a little something to have sex with—that's <laughs> not what I was implying. All I'm Mike just kind of do that out there. I mean,
2: anyway, <laughs> just, just
3: no, you wouldn't, okay?
4: No, no, I wouldn't. I would. Well, you're,
3: you're a liar, but that's okay. Maybe, maybe that just got drug into it because there are several incest-themed things that go on in the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's also, there's, yeah, cocaine. there's something maybe else
1: happen when there's cocaine. Yeah, but there's
0: don't know, don't lots of cocaine. Would... There's lots of cocaine, and there's cocaine that gets served from a robot, which is awesome. Happy yeah. Birthday.
2: Just in case you weren't sure if this was set in the 80s or not, here's a robot with some cocaine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much like a robot from Rocky 3.
4: Rocky 4? 4? 4? 4? No, it is 4. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, there's a robot that serves cocaine, which is amazing.
2: Yeah. I also liked the like the spoiled rich guy that was like the producer. I liked how he was he thought he was in charge of everything and then it turns out he was just getting all the money from his mom and she cut him off. I thought that was really hilarious. I thought that was just like it was just like everybody everybody doesn't like this character, let's have him be made a fool of. That's the only reason he's here. <laughs> I
0: So you can't have all this money, I'll totally make your movie for you. Like whatever. We'll just I wanna make this happen. And then, yeah, it's, like, completely cut off at the end, which is hilarious.
3: They made a really great choice with that character in having him where modern audiences look at him, and he's clearly gay. Like, you know he's gay from halfway through the first episode, and they avoid ever mentioning that he's gay because it's the 80s. Mm-hmm. I
0: just
3: yeah, thought that yeah. was a cool yeah, he just, he just, homage just, to the time period, you know.
0: Yeah, with his quote-unquote butler, who's his quote-unquote best friend.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> A lot of high fives and butt <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: um Some of the other cameos we get, we saw um, uh, Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian at the Independent Wrestling Show. And then uh, we saw... Uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, Joey Ryan, uh, plays a very million-dollar man esque character, taking on is it Steel Horse or Iron Horse. He's working
3: steel. Steel Horse. Steel
0: Horse. He's played by Alex Riley, who was a very forgettable wrestler in WWE, and uh, and one of the things I didn't realize until about the last two episodes is. Uh, the, per- the, the woman who plays Welfare Queen who is a very um, horribly racist stereotypic <laughs> character
2: what, why, um, What's racist about that? Can you explain <laughs> <that>? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Well she's black and she's a big lady and then she says she takes, takes money from the government and the government pays for everything which is a very stereotypical horribly racist outlook uh, especially from the '80s, that unfortunately some people still have today, which is disheartening. Um, she is actually a wrestler, and I didn't recognize her because in real life, like all of her hair is like braided. Uh, she goes by the name Awesome Kong.
3: Oh, and, it's Karma. I didn't realize that.
0: And Karma in the WWE. And then uh, she was the only cast member who had actual prior wrestling experience. And the fact that I didn't know it was her, I think is a really good compliment to how well she did. Because I seriously had no idea. I'm like, I thought Austin Kong was supposed to be in the show. And I had to look at IMDb and I was like, oh shit, she's one of the main characters. I didn't even realize it. Huh. Um, so out of the group, who was... Uh, who is everybody's favorite wrestler? No, who is your favorite wrestler out of the group?
3: Oh Jesus! Uh, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the Coked Up tag team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, nice Doug. Who is your favorite?
2: Um, I don't. I, I really liked the like Justine, the girl that kept ordering the pizzas. I liked her yeah. character. She was kind of a background character who ends up having her her own little storyline at the end. Um, but I I don't know what it was about her. She felt like everybody's little sister, and I kind of just when yeah. things were when I don't I think it's the actress who played it really innocently, and I just wanted to uh, I felt like somebody should be protecting her at all times when bad things were happening to her, and I thought that was really effective.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I loved yeah all of her stuff where she's got this huge crush on this pizza delivery boy who is like uh, Kevin Bacon turned up to like 20 (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah he's like the the most he's so stereotypically 80s it's great yeah yeah. it's like yeah
0: yeah. so yeah I loved like that little plot line she keeps ordering pizzas and stuff and And apparently she can't
3: suck a dick without choking on it I told you she's all innocent
0: (laughs) yeah
1: um, so, Carlson, who was your favorite? Um, I would say the uh, Debbie Egan character, the main, the blonde character. Liberty Bell? Liberty Bell. She stole, I mean, she stole her character from the other lady and she stole her medals. Also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, come on, she was right. I mean, she was much better Liberty Bell than the other lady. Um, Patterson, in your two episodes, who's your favorite wrestler?
4: You know, without having seen them? No, it's totally sold me on the whole coked up. Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> sounds awesome. <a> real, <laughs> going with that.
1: But there's a real the tag team that's in the Glow documentary. It's they play like old biddies and they play old. They play, they play a couple different characters in the actual Glow Wrestling Federation, but yeah. they're the mo- I think they're the most fun to watch. Like in the real interview. With the Wrestling Federation. Yeah, yeah. Apparently,
0: they <laughs> yeah, were they called the Housewives in Glow in the actual Glow. Um, who's my favorite?
2: You're the only one who knew the question was coming. How do you not have? An I answer. know, right? Well, I was to everybody
0: else's answer. I'm trying to really think because I think I did kind of enjoy, um, which uh, Patterson and Noah haven't seen yet. But in the very last episode, in the final match, um, Ruth's uh, Russian character and fortune cookies really racist Japanese character um, for have like a tag team match and I think I love their tag team where I'm just because I was looking at it and I'm like oh for 80s wrestling like that totally makes sense why you would team them up because they do sort of like this really uh, over the top like Russian march like down to the ring and stuff and I think it's fantastic so I think them as a tag team is probably my favorite
3: he says I need a little bit more aggression and a little less sort of play <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so you guys pumped you gonna stick around for season two if it uh, when it comes out
3: oh yeah
2: yeah I definitely will i I watched it pretty quickly and I was really kind of sad that there wasn't more available to watch right away so
1: yeah, it's kind of where I'm at now. It's like you're conditioned to watch like a whole season of one thing, and then now you're just sad because You're Like I finished it. Oh, I, know, like, I finished it. Like F is for That's Family. It. Like when the first season for F is for Family came out, you're like this is the best thing ever. When <laughs> gotta wait? It's like a year.
3: Nine months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily now between Netflix and Amazon Prime, they're cranking them out so fast. By the time you choke one down, they got another one ready to go. Like, I've
4: completely forgot
3: everything that happened last time I've watched three
4: shows since
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, that happens to me a lot. Luckily for Netflix shows, they do put a little recap in some of them, like house cards and stuff, so you can catch yourself up if you need to remember something. Um. Yeah, I'm super excited. I cannot uh, cannot wait for season two. I hope it's as good as the first season. Me and uh, me and the wife like spaced it out over like uh, a week and a half or two weeks which was great for me because I feel like I got um, I didn't you know just burn through it and then be like oh shit there's nothing left so we'll see if you haven't seen GLOW yet even if you're not a wrestling fan some people have asked me like if I don't like wrestling will I love this sh- will I like this show and I'm like hell yes you will
1: I think like it is it, really- I think it is wife friendly it is girl friendly you know what I'm saying like, say what
3: wife Wife, <laughs> like, really.
1: For me, the hardest part about being married is
4: figuring out shows you can
3: both watch. And do a different way. Did Did it seem to you guys like they were trying a little too hard to sell it to guys? Like they were worried that guys would be like, ah, female wrestling. I, I can
2: see that actually in it. I can see that they were kind of just... They, like, they even dropped the lines of like, don't worry, the guys can watch it because it's a bunch of girls in tights. And it's like... You don't need to say that out loud. We can all see the girls
3: in tights. Yeah, and, yeah, and there's like a bunch of tits in the first two episodes and
2: Yeah, and then that kinda goes that. away. The the tits kinda go away and you're like, Oh, so that was just to trick me into keeping keeping this on. But you didn't necessarily need it. No. Not that I'm complaining about it. <laughs> just... No.
0: No, yeah, just just the uh women in tights throwing each other around, I think was enough. But then you but, throw I mean, in uh you naked be- chicks so it's like
2: on board but you go beyond that you say the interesting characters and the well plotted story is enough really I mean if you're, fan, if you're a fan of like serial television you should enjoy this regardless of whether you're a fan of wrestling regardless of whether
4: mm-hmm.
2: unless you're like you know a 14 year old boy like I'm not watching that that's a girl show well <laughs> there you go I mean I don't know what to tell you then
0: well you're dumb because there's boobs in it so you
4: messed up <laughs> get on board <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it's uh really interesting. Like like my wife doesn't doesn't really care about wrestling a whole lot, but she knows like she's a fan of Alison Brie and you know, she likes comedies and stuff, like smart comedies and stuff. So, this like she was completely sold on this when she saw the trailer. She was like, "Oh, I think I bet that's going to be really good." So, I think it's uh even if you're not into wrestling, I think it's definitely Something worth checking out. I think it's done really well.
4: Yeah, I think the story and the elements and everything, at least the two episodes I've seen, um, I mean, it goes beyond that. There's enough story and everything that you can get all involved in. Yeah,
0: I'm All right, uh, we're ready to move on to Spider Man Homecoming. a big movie Wait. for the weekend
4: yes
0: no. now Patterson can be fully engaged
4: yeah let's do this thing <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm talking about now I'm kidding yeah. no, I, I
0: saw it I don't know uh, so anybody want to sort of synopsize what the movie's about if people haven't been watching TV or the internet for the past six months
4: so there's this radioactive spider right
0: teenage boy
4: not the spider. Okay, we, don't
0: to, we don't need to recap that. They purposely left that out on purpose for that Uncle very ben. reason.
4: Yeah, Mike had an issue. He wanted the origin story again.
1: I was, was ask like the whole, the whole like first five minutes. The
4: hey, where's Uncle Ben? What's, what's, going, what's on? going on,
1: Uncle Ben? What happened to him? What about Bonesaw They cut out the whole saw thing. What's going on? didn't <laughs> I even mention Uncle Ben in
4: this
2: movie? Oh, they do drop a couple of lines that Aunt May has been having a hard time with everything that's been going on, and I assume they're yeah. referencing the death of her husband, but yeah. they don't actually say it.
0: No, it'd be great if there was no Uncle Ben. It's just like, eh. Like, Aunt May is just like a strong, independent woman. She don't need no man, so she's been
2: raising Peter all by herself. And- yeah, except that completely changes the mythos <laughs> of Spider Man, which is frustrating.
0: Yeah, that would completely like, ruin everything.
2: Yeah, like that, that one important life lesson that he has to learn, he just doesn't learn that. So. <laughs> Spider-Man's now the villain of the movie because he's just really selfish and shit. They
4: kind of did that in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah. like Oh, no, it wasn't your actions of letting the criminal go that killed your Uncle Ben. It was actually Sandman. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. So then
3: we've learned nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> no consequences! <laughs>
1: I was was actually laughed pretty hard in that movie, Spider-Man 3. That was hilarious. Hilarious.
3: (laughs) I don't think it was supposed to be. That movie, like, literally hurt me.
0: (laughs) I got into a car wreck on the way home from watching it. And I still blame Sam Raimi for it.
2: Although, technically,
0: most of the blame goes to Sony.
2: Yeah, that was studio interference that caused
3: your car accident, not Sam Raimi. Well, how could how could you <laughs> well, see to drive with all those tears in your eyes?
0: I wasn't <laughs> driving. I, I was a passenger. Randy was driving, and he blam- He still blames the movie for that car wreck as well.
4: <laughs> that fucking piece of shit, stupid Spider-Man Three.
1: Well, we also talked about that too. Like, is this movie? So it's a Sony property that they let Marvel borrow, Disney Marvel borrow, correct? Yes. Yeah.
3: Okay. And then Sony made most of the money out. Well, yes. all the te- technically all the money. So the deal was Sony had to put up 100% of the money, but they got access to the Marvel stuff as long as they let Kevin Feige oversee the script writing and production of the film. But then Sony gets to keep the revenue aside for the money that they already had to pay to Marvel anyway. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, let me pay you a whole bunch of money, <laughs> and you make this series good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, minute, but this, whole, awesome. this
1: whole This thing is like those those checking the loan or those rocket loan things. Like this is so <laughs> messed up. This whole deal. Like how do they even make good movies out of this? This is insane.
2: For a while, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was the whole problem. Yeah, it's like Sony Sony finally woke up. Went, oh, we don't know how to do this. Who knows how this to do it.
3: it? Let's get those guys involved. If there are worse ones, you would need a Sherpa, an Abacus, and a lightsaber in order to get the rights to Namor loose in them.
0: <laughs> uh, um, so nobody actually did synopsize. So I guess I'll do it because you're all <laughs>
3: Spider-Man's cool, money's evil, and old people are bad.
1: Old people are bad. Old people are bad. I think that, that might be wild.
3: Synopsis over.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, so the thing I loved is uh, it's not like the opener opener, but the movie sort of opens with uh, well, first they open with Michael Keaton being like, uh, "Hey, we're cleaning up all this superhero bullshit. I got a city accent. Me and my guys, we got to clean up stuff."
4: Yeah, <laughs> I uh, almost we need <laughs> me to get this job
1: done. <laughs> Nobody else. Is... <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then we uh, fast forward to uh, uh, Peter Parker essentially getting the call from Happy in, in you know,
3: I think you, I think you skipped a significant thing there. No, I didn't. They're, was it? they're cleaning up and then Stark comes in and basically oh, yeah, fucks well. them all over. And then they immediately, that's the, best supervillain origin i've ever seen they make all of his motivations how he gets his tech how everything works clear in like a minute and a half vignette
0: yeah yeah i was gonna skip that whole thing but then i sort of brought it up and then just left it there so so yeah yeah, they, they fuck him over on his city contract and he's like fuck it we're gonna do this shit and sell illegal weapons made out of alien tech or whatever um, they
2: don't really explain how they know how to build
3: things out of the alien tech. But he, I has, uh, just, he has his semi-autistic uh, super genius.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's true.
0: Um, so then we cut to, yeah, like I said, happy calling Peter. Like, hey, Tony needs you in Germany. And then uh, we sort of get the uh, the found footage point of view uh, from Peter Parker of how like Civil War went down. Which is pretty hilarious.
4: I really
2: like that, yeah. It lined up really well with the Civil War stuff, too. I watched Civil War just like a week before going to see this, and it's like, oh, it, they did a really good job. I recognized the fight scenes, and it's not, you know, I guess that's not that hard to do if you're professional filmmakers, but it was fun to see.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you actually believed that this was a continuation of the the airport scene
1: from... Civil War, yeah. And you also get a build on the John Favreau stuff. Like, there, this is John Favreau's going to be a character in this movie. There's going to be a dynamic. To do. It's fun watching John
3: Favreau get frustrated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. His relationship with Peter Parker is fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, lots of uh, lots of Spider-Man action after that. Um, so, what did everybody think of uh, Michael Keaton's Vulture?
3: It's Michael.
4: He never did something bad. He makes
2: every movie 70% better.
0: Well, I mean, there was that Multiplicity movie, but... Oh, that, yeah.
2: <laughs> Luckily, no one saw that. It's not a problem. <laughs> Hang, on.
4: Oh, Hang, on. Uh, whoa, Hang on. Whoa, whoa. Are we talking whoa, shit whoa, about whoa. Multiplicity? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh.
2: That... <laughs> 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 Got some people on the defensive here.
1: The Adventures of Lance and Rico.
2: Lance and Rico. Nobody else has
1: sex to my wife except me.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what's going on
3: anymore. I, I really I, I liked the idea that they went with, with Vulture, that they wanted to push Spider-Man as kind of like a working-class superhero. And so mm-hmm. they managed to make a villain that's the equivalent of a working-class villain rather than being a like super Villain, you know what I mean? I don't. I don't know how to describe. He's, here, I he's not a genius or a god. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, sort I told of like the you.
2: idea that. I like the idea that this fight is at a, like a lower level than some of the other Marvel stuff. It is just a, it's a street fight between these two kind of low level guys, and not world ending at any point in time. Yeah. It's, sort of.
0: it's like bad stuff. Like Spider-Man wants to get the weapons off the street, but I mean, it's not like if he doesn't succeed. It's like, ah, oh, well, fuck, that sucked. But it's not, you know, the world's not going to end or anything. Yeah,
3: right. Michael- and they finally no. got a Spider-Man's greatest weakness right for once. Girls. No, the fact that Peter Parker is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> they actually
2: they did do a really good job of making it seem like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing, which is key because he's supposed to be just learning, right? And so they. They didn't jump in and have him, they didn't do a montage of him trying to figure out how his webs work, and now he's a superhero. He really, throughout the film, does not know what to do next. And there are several moments where he makes really dumb mistakes, which is nice to see.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen people complaining about some of that. They feel like they made him into a buffoon, and I'm like, I feel like he's a buffoon. He just, he doesn't know any better because he's never dealt with this situation before.
2: It's just inexperience.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, plus he, he is like a fifteen year old boy. He acts impulsively and it sometimes has negative consequences. That's true to being too like that that's what teenagers are essentially. So yeah.
1: like he literally spends time in the dean's office in this
2: movie. You know, so I mean
1: it shows how you know, naive he is. And I also like the, all the little kids, like I and mean, they're not little kids, but like actual fifteen and
3: sixteen year olds in the movie. Hmm. Yeah, and if you're pushing if you're pushing the attempting to go with a more comic book accurate version, like in the comic books, Peter Parker makes bad decisions. Like he's not good at being Spider-Man. Spider-Man's awesome, don't get me wrong, but Peter Parker sucks at being Spider Man. Yeah. Another element
2: of his character that I really liked was the um and and they've never touched on this, but the fact that like when he's sitting in school after being Spider-Man for a little while, he's just eager to get out there and do it. And I thought that was played really well, where he's just kind of like, even though he can handle school, he really doesn't want to be there anymore. He wants to be out Spider-Maning. And I thought yeah. that was tr- true to the character, but at the same time, it was handled really well. And just it wasn't over the top. It wasn't him like sneaking out a window in the middle of class and then sneaking back in or something ridiculous. It was mm-hmm. just. You could tell he didn't want to be anything except Spider-Man at this point.
1: Like any
0: second,
2: yeah. like, you get a call up to the big leagues.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like his big motivation is, oh, well, I'm gonna be an Avenger anyway. So like, what's the point of even doing this? Sort of him like playing that, and you know, when in reality he could go in and just completely ace everything like pretty easily and not have to worry about it, but he's more focused on i don't care about school i just i want to be an avenger and that's all i'm focusing on so fuck school
2: yeah it it was almost like as if he was just like an athlete and he's like well fuck it i'm just going to play in the big leagues so i don't really need to learn anything else mm-hmm. and that that's a natural teenage tendency and i think by having a younger actor and setting it in high school i think you do they were able to sort of play that off as something that's important which is key. I think it's key to what I understand. Spider-Man B is that he is the whole purpose of the character is that he's young and that he makes the same mistakes as every other teenager would.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think they did a good job with, uh, like I said, sort of the, uh, the high school aspect of it and the fact that what Spider-Man was supposed to be is like a character who yeah, has all these special powers and is a superhero but then, at the end of the day, like he still has to do homework, or he gets in trouble. And I feel like they really added, like some, some good uh, character stuff in this movie with that kind of stuff. Um, like he signs up to go on this decathlon, or I don't know, some smart decathlon, person. yeah, academic decathlon, which I but think then, is a made-up
2: thing that only exists in TV and movies.
0: <laughs> but then. Uh, totally skips out on it in washington dc because of course he's doing spider-man stuff and you know there's still like some repercussions for that i mean we don't see like anything super extreme but he doesn't just like run off and do these things and like nobody notices and he doesn't get in trouble for anything he does have to pay for consequences on some of his actions which i thought was interesting
2: Well, it also, it's another example of him acting impulsively, and then it ends up biting him in the ass in the long run, because people magically piece together that, hey, Peter Parker went missing, and then Spider-Man showed up. Like, eventually somebody figures that out, and it's like, okay, well, you knew that was going to come if he didn't do a better job of covering his tracks. So. Hmm. Uh, a,
1: it's very so I think it, I put, as far as like, serious list. I mean serious level I put it on like Guardians of the Galaxy like it's a lot of fun like every moment is fun or funny people are having a good time except maybe with Flash like when he gets when Spider-Man gets locked inside that storage unit with all those you know all the blood stuff just him sitting there talking to himself is hilarious okay. Yeah that's great
0: Yeah this is laugh out
4: Yeah that's what I like just I think it's a lot funnier. Oh, Free for music. sure.
0: Yeah, I think the comedy is really, really good in this
1: movie. one of the freaks and geeks guys wrote it. Is that who it was? Yeah. Uh, the main, I guess, would be the main character. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, he really? oh right. Oh yeah. right. Don. That explains why Martin Starr is playing the teacher.
4: Yeah. I thought that was a funny moment. Like,
2: look, he's gone from a student now he's a teacher. Man.
4: Officially, uh, going full circle.
0: <laughs> well, apparently, he was also in the Incredible Hulk as a college student. Oh yeah. So people, people are speculating like, oh, he's probably the same character. Like he graduated college and now he's a teacher.
4: Yeah, probably. Kind of like all right, sure, maybe. <clears throat> you know, he <laughs> won't deny it. You ask him, he's like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> totally planned.
0: Um. So was anybody else excited that Shocker was in this movie? I
4: thought that was cool. I
2: thought it was handled really well. Like- they were able to kind of have secondary villains show up without having them be either kind of brushed aside or kind of overtake anything. They were just they handled j- just the right amount—more than a cameo, but not a a full second villain. Mm-hmm. I was I was sure. a
3: little disappointed we didn't get the quilt suit because I thought eventually they would have a reason to put it in and make a joke about it
0: yeah they kind of sort of did a little bit of like the weird pattern like on the sleeves of the person person who was Shocker
4: and I guess the other guy he had like his sleeves were like yellow but it looked like they were
3: like
0: stained yeah
3: well, and they did. They mentioned several times with the uh, the weapon that they were having issues with compensating the uh, the recoil and pressure coming back from it. So I thought they were going to make the suit to fix that, but they just mentioned it and moved on. I don't know if maybe that ended up being like a script change that happened at some point. Yeah knowing Marvel, it could be
2: set up for something that's going to happen in, like, eight years. Shocker will show back (laughs) up in it's suit.
1: uh... We were counting, I think, me and Mike, was there 15 or 16 Marvel movies so far? This is the 16th one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be. Eight movies down the line. We'll get this taken care of. It'll pay off then. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Spider-Man. 2028.
0: So, I guess a big... uh, a big change in this movie is the spider suit itself um which I've seen some going back and forth people enjoy that people don't like it um what's everybody's thoughts that he sort of has a very enhanced uh Stark created uh spider suit that has a lot of abilities in it and yeah. he's all man
4: <laughs> <laughs> like I get the idea that they need it for the sake of exposition yep little quicker Especially yeah like, they're showing them a grenade and all that stuff. That way you can help get him to that point. Uh, but they were just... But, I mean, they were just was, shoehorning like Iron Man. Like, all this is that a movie.
1: Iron Man, Spider-Man album.
4: Yeah, the you Iron know? Spider-Man. But, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, I get it why they did it that way, but, but I don't know. They just stuffed Iron Man and Tony Stark right down our
3: throats in this movie. In the, uh, in the more modern comic books, he has all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if uh, they were trying to do a better job of associating the movie Spider-Man with like the comic book and cartoon Spider-Man.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I suspect what they were trying to
2: do is modernize the character, but for someone like myself, I didn't want him quite that modernized. I would have preferred that his suit was toned down. And then you could have always introduced the more enhanced suit in a later film. But
4: mm-hmm. since this
2: is our first our first real taste of the new Spider-Man. I wish he was more of a classic version.
1: Yeah. With the classic do think, abilities. Like a, do you think just like a hood and a, a
2: sweatshirt? <laughs> well, I mean, they could have given him the enhanced suit with a couple of features. And yes, all Yeah, just, just, I, it was really the AI that was too much for me. So
4: that's yeah. where I was on
2: it.
0: Yeah, we do get, um, Turns out his suit has its own sort of—I uh, uh, don't know—Jarvis, for lack of a better term. You get a suit friend. Is a friend that's in your suit. Yeah, suit lady is what he calls her first. Um, <laughs> and then uh, turns out they were even uh, they were even cheekier about it because the voice the voice of the suit is Jennifer Connelly, who is married to Paul Bettany, who did the voice of Jarvis and now plays the Vision. <laughs> So, they're like, "Hey, let's 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 be really funny about it. See if anybody notices."
4: No, she's in the bed. Good yeah, those, those clever bastards.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Always thinking those guys.
0: Um, and I don't think. I mean, it's kind of in the trailer, so it's not a huge spoiler. But at some point, Spider-Man does get his suit taken away, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely playing up on sort of the themes that they talked about in Iron Man Three, which is. Uh, you know, you can't rely on the suit to be the, the hero of everything. Like, you have to sort of be the hero who just has an awesome suit. Um, so did we enjoy sort of the uh, going from the super enhanced Spider-Man to the the less enhanced Spider-Man?
4: I think that gets back to the whole uh, the thing we were talking about, like Doug was just talking about, about how, well, if
0: we're not going to have him
4: have it anyway, maybe we should have just held off on it
0: yeah
4: like on the advanced stuff so like, oh we get okay here's here's what you can do now let's see what you can do without all that. Maybe we should just wait it anyway.
2: It was also weird to me that he was able to do so much without the enhanced suit, and it's like, well, that's a lot of money to spend on a suit that apparently. He doesn't really need because he can do all this other stuff without it. It's like he's like fighting on the side of planes and stuff without the enhanced suit. It's like, then what does that suit really
3: do then? Do you need all that AI? There's actually a lot of references to that in the comic books. The fact that when Iron Man builds in the Iron Spider suit, it basically adds a bunch of shit that Spider Man has absolutely no need for. Hmm.
1: I like the yeah. flying squirrel thing. I thought it was pretty cool. The, the, fl- the flying squirrel on wing, the situation. web, the web pits.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought I that worked exci- pretty
0: well. I was super excited to see the web pits. Um. All right. Well, I guess let's. Uh, does anybody else have anything else before we get into some spoilery talk? Uh, well, I
4: don't know if it's spoilery or not, but I'll I'll just. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just Uh, in case, I don't think it is.
0: Be safe. I thought his friends were pretty cool. Um, I feel like his relationship with his best friend, who I'm completely blanking on his name, but Mm -hmm. Ned. Ned. I thought Ned. His relationship with Ned was really cool. Um, He was definitely much more of like the uh, the uh, funny sidekick, but I feel like the relationship was really good. Where he just keeps wanting to tell everybody that he's spider-man he's like no <laughs> you can't tell anybody
3: stop it uh there were a couple really good easter egg things stuck in there that i think casual comic book people and movie people aren't gonna pick up on very well
0: yeah um I was super happy to see donald glover in this considering people sort of petitioned for him to be Spider-Man He's, at one point.
3: His character's one of them. I don't know how many people are going to get that reference. Well, I only got it
2: after watching somebody else's YouTube video, so... Yeah.
0: And there's something else I have sort of... Uh, I don't want to say an issue, but something else I noticed about that that nobody seems to be talking about, so we'll give that in a spoiler.
1: Is it time daily? <laughs>
0: it's
4: not time daily. <laughs> Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Like the, the, you um, have Donald What's that? You said you have you take issue with the Donald Lover thing?
0: Uh, I don't take issue with it. There's something else I noticed that nobody else seems to be talking about. They're specifically talking about one thing, but they're not talking about this other thing that I noticed. So
1: That's the yeah, thing, we'll, but not the other. This thing, not
2: no, this, that. Thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into it. Oh, yeah,
2: somebody um, yell spoilers so that we can talk about this <laughs> without <sound>, you know, going <laughs> <run> in circles. <laughs> <laughs> like, run, run out on the other end
0: all right so i guess uh, does everybody recommend this movie um i've seen other people that's like i'm not really into marvel movies but i kind of like spider-man would i enjoy it um i would say you don't have to have seen any other marvel movies but obviously it helps a lot like at least um, the war yeah
2: you well, we should see that anyway exactly I think that you do a really good job of walking the line where it is a good standalone movie, but it still directly feeds into the Marvel universe. So I, I was surprised how well that was handled. Even if you haven't seen civil war, I think you can piece together enough of the story
3: based on the flashbacks you get. So, yeah, yeah. I'd say from a, from just a strictly Spider-Man perspective, there's an argument to be made that the second Toby McGuire Spider-Man movie was a better movie overall. But this movie is by far the best representation of Spider-Man that's ever been put on film.
0: Yeah, that's what I told somebody. I'm like, this is the most Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie that they've put out so
3: far.
2: Yeah, like, I agree it's the best representation of the character. I actually think if you just want to watch a standalone Spider-Man movie, the first two Sam Raimi ones are kind of better standalone movies because this one does connect to the rest of the the cinematic universe and it benefits from that, but the portrayal of the character this is, like when I think Spider-Man, this is the closest I've ever seen on screen
0: Agreed Um, So yeah, from this point forward we're going to be spoiling a lot of stuff so if you haven't seen it yet you should definitely go out and check it out and then come back and listen to the rest of the episode Um, because I think there's a bunch of fun things uh, in the last half of the movie that we're definitely going to be talking about. Um, okay.
4: first thing that I wanted like that I wanted to hit with, right. with Donald Glover especially is just that we talked hey, about. This. Look at this! I'm going to petition. I want to be Spider Man. Let me be Spider Man. Okay, we'll put you in the movie. Sweet, sweet. Who am I going to be? Oh, you're just going to be some random nameless um, street punk. But well, maybe some he wasn't nameless,
3: maker. Mike. Oh, oh, I was going to say he's not nameless. <gasps> yeah. yeah. All right, maybe he's good. But my, yeah. I, was, I was,
4: focusing on the fact that like, we were just, I'm gonna make you this,
0: okay. Uh, he, through,
4: through most of his
1: scenes, it. It so, looked like he was handling his, he, his character from Atlanta, where he's stoned all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So Donald Glover shows up as a uh, street thug trying to buy some, some weapons, and when they try to sell him like all this alien tech, he's like, "Man, I just want a gun to stick somebody up." I don't need, like, all this super enhanced stuff. I want to shoot my cousin in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so then, uh, you know, Spider-Man breaks that up, and then he runs into him later. He hunts him down to get info, and they have a discussion about um, he doesn't want the weapons on the street. And then the big thing everybody's talking about is he says, because I have a nephew that lives in the neighborhood. And that big reference apparently is to Miles Morales, who everybody knows is the ultimate version of the Spider-Man who is now in main continuity because comic books are weird um so what does everybody think about that
3: I have weird opinions on it because I seem to be the only person on earth that I hate Miles Morales I hate the character I don't like it I don't like anything from the Ultimates universe it's all crap it should have never happened
0: (laughs) Tell us how you really
3: feel, Noah. I like old Spider-Man because I'm older. older. I like old (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Well, don't get me wrong. I like other Spider-Mans. I like Ben Riley Spider-Man. I even like the Dr. Octopus Spider-Man. I just don't like Miles. (laughs) Uh, So
2: I, on the other hand, I'm completely unfamiliar with Miles Morales, but I've been hearing the name for years. So I hope they make a movie with him in it because I don't. Really read comics very often, so I'm never going to pick one up. So Twenty thirty
1: two.
2: or his, his nephew. nephew. Would be, would be, okay.
0: um, so the big thing I noticed about his character was that um, I don't remember like what his what his given name is, but sort of his street name was the Prowler, which is another Spider-Man superhero slash used to be a, a somewhat of a villain, now superhero. And I was super excited about that, and nobody else seems to have even noticed or cared. Everybody seems to be focusing on the Miles Morales section of it.
3: I think the big thing is is because it's just an assumption that that's just a random Easter egg and not actually a tie-in to anything.
0: But it needs to be, damn it. Because I said so.
2: It is interesting, though, because he's an actor that doesn't need to be doing these little cameo roles, so there is some potential there for him to grow, for that character to be coming
1: back. father, so. Carl Rizzi.
0: Yeah, he's going to be Land Rizzi. He doesn't need Spider-Man bullshit.
3: The, uh, the joke with him stopping <laughs> to tell uh, Peter Parker Spider-Man that he's not very good at his job I yeah. thought was funny because of uh, the reference that he was supposed to be Spider-Man kind of
0: stuff. <laughs> that is good.
2: That's funny, yeah? I also love the way that scene ended where he interrogates him and then he's like, you're going to let me go? And he's like, uh, that web will dissolve in a couple hours. And he's just walking away he's like, you're a bad guy, you deserve it. And he's like, I got groceries, Like, I got to put these in the fridge. <laughs> Come on, ask me.
0: <laughs> yep, you're a robber. You deserve it. <laughs> um... So what, what do we think of Michael Keaton? I know we sort of talked about how
1: good he is, but... Uh, seven percent better. 70% better? better. Every movie. I, I really think he should have, like, he's definitely... I mean, if this Beetlejuice thing really gets off the ground, like, he's set for a renaissance. He's ready to go. He's ready to explode. I just really wish... Really,
4: you think Beetlejuice is what's going to do it? You something's going to put... Birdman re- today?
1: <laughs> he, I just wish he would have moisturized more. Like, they do the close-ups, and you're like, oh, he's wrinkly. He's really wrinkly
4: he's old. Oh, yeah.
3: Of course I I think part of that was on purpose.
4: He works with his hands. He's playing he's a blue a poor, collar class man. So maybe they CGI him up like they did uh, Kurt Russell. Not right here, here 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 here. here, here. here, here,
3: here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me, to me in the comic books is in his 70s. Uh, so I think they were intentionally trying to make him look old. and the
2: I thought he did a really good job. I thought he he played the character well and he just he has that ability to deliver the ridiculous comic book dialogue in a very serious tone and have you take it seriously, which is yeah. not easy to do, uh, especially cuz Marvel like notoriously doesn't doesn't give their villains that much screen time. So to be able to establish a character so quickly it takes a strong actor and he. I mean he's obviously capable of it, but seeing his performance once again, yeah.
1: Probably yeah. a quarter of the way through the movie, me and Mike were like, "This is bullshit! I can't believe he's not in the DC universe." Like they've once, yeah, again, once they've- again, Marvel has beaten DC with this <laughs> awesome betrayal of Mike Yeah,
0: yeah. I uh, I feel I feel. I was trying to make a comparison. I don't know if it's like a a good comparison because we don't even really see half of it until towards the end of the movie when uh, okay so Spider-Man or Peter Parker shows up for his homecoming date with Liz Allen turns out Michael Keaton's her dad he's been fighting him the whole time and so Peter Parker knows who he is but um, tombs hasn't quite hasn't clued in yet until a little bit later who Peter Parker is so Michael Keaton's doing this very sort of like Fun, like, lighthearted performance as her dad because he's in, you know, quote unquote dad mode. So he's just there, like, it's
1: all you all know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So he's just, like, having fun and stuff. And then later, like, when he starts putting stuff together, like, you just see, like, that switch kind of go off. And I think I sort of compared it myself to, um, like, John Lithgow's performance in season four, Dexter. There you go. where he does like this super like light performance when people are looking at him and then as soon as he turns around like that switch goes off and he's like super dark and I just love sort of his transition of that in this movie and then tells uh, tells Liz to go inside he needs to have you know, the dad talk with Peter and then uh, you know just turns into one of the most menacing like sort of
1: monologues I've seen in a long time I think he just killed it I loved it I think it brought the movie up, I think, because it definitely, it put him up as, I mean, him and Loki, I mean, who are the best Marvel
4: villains, yeah. you know? Yeah. There's, there's a moment, I don't know, I don't remember if Mike did do that. Like, he just kind of reaches around, he's got the gun oh, right yeah. there by his seat, like he's, about to, like, me and Peter are going to have to talk, and he just pulls something. <laughs> the gun, like that's
3: fantastic. <laughs> Was anyone else caught off guard by the fact that he ended up being the dad? I feel like I should have seen that coming from, like, a mile away, and I didn't realize it until he was at the door. Yeah,
0: I had that same thing. Oh, I should, I should. Me, me and Amanda both figured it out about ten seconds before he opened the front door. Like, he's yeah. walking up there, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, it's going to be him. And <laughs> they open the door, and it's like, yep, there he is.
2: I feel like yeah, it, it, just as it was happening, I was figuring it out. But I I, I did have that moment where I'm like, how did I not know this? Like coming into the movie, like I should I should have been able to figure this out around right? the time that they were recreating Civil War.
3: Like that it was it was pretty obvious, and they did a good job of covering it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had a chance to go see it again, but I really want to watch it twice. And figure out why I didn't figure it out because usually I'm the asshole sitting in the theater. That ten minutes into the movie, I'm like, wow, oh, that's a bad guy." Anyway, there this, this is what's going on. Fucking. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought they did a great job, and you you don't see Liz's parents at all until this scene. And even though Peter's like been in the house, like for some reason, like the connection just isn't there. And uh, I thought his performance when he walks in is. Uh, Tom Holland's performance is great just he turns into that super awkward and he you know Michael Keaton just thinks he's being super awkward because he's meeting his
1: hes 15 years
0: old yeah he's 15 and he's meeting his date's parents so he's just that awkward self but no it's because he knows you're the vulture and like everything just got turned like completely on its head and he's like freaking out inside Oh, he's definitely not making it up. (laughs) Already decided. Anything else anybody wants to cover? Um, We do have the big fairy scene, which we sort of see in the trailer, which I thought was done really well.
3: It's done really well. My favorite uh, interaction, I think, was in the warehouse when Peter's being attacked by the remote controlled uh, vulture suit. Mm-hmm. Something, something about that was so I don't know, somewhere between comic booky and video gamey that <laughs> that it was perfect. Like that's that's exactly what I want in superheroes is moments like that.
4: Yeah. Mike, how'd you feel about that scene where the uh mask is hanging out the puddle and you see half of his
1: face? <laughs> oh god
4: uh I like every, every part of this
1: movie i loved except when he had the building collapse on him and he's like looking in the puddle and there's like half mask on face and it's like can we not have these melodramatic moments but it, it happened and then he pushed pushed up the building with a body or whatever and it's like we don't we don't need this this is ridiculous
4: yeah i like i like the part where he's he wills himself to do it yeah there's is that weird moment where Tony Stark's talking.
1: Look, well, I just kind of felt like they had this Obi-Wan Kenobi moment where he was talking to him in his head. And yeah. it just felt like if anything could have been like, I could just go back to playing Xbox, or I could push this building off my back and go fight. You know? right.
0: Yeah, I thought the uh, sort of the audio flashback was a little unneeded, a little too on the nose, but I know studios, well, that, get, I think studios oh, get worried oh. that uh, people aren't going to remember stuff.
2: Well, i think that, um, i just think that was more of a the fact that spider-man is a children's character and they were trying to make sure that a child would understand what was going on sure. and that throughout this film i think there is that issue of just this being a little bit more of a kid's film than some of the other marvel films are i mean if marvel has made a decision that spider-man will be their child their child friendly character and you know, Captain America is obviously the more serious one, and then they, they've they've done that, and they're sticking to it. So it's not surprising that uh, they, they, they're good. they're going to go ahead with that, and
3: I think we're going to have that throughout whatever the next Spider-Man movie is. So. I don't know. I thought I thought the, that moment is interesting because it differs from a lot of the other movies as a trope, because it's always them uh, becoming a man or. You know, finding focus or something like that. And in this particular instance, it was basically, you're being a crybaby little bitch, quit being a bitch. That's <laughs> actually a good
1: point. I, I kind of wish he would have just talked to himself there, you know, as opposed to hearing
2: the, the voiceover. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, the, the moment works. It's just the execution is yeah. not ideal. I don't think we need to hear Tony Stark's voice in that moment. We don't want I don't think we want Tony Stark playing a role in the climax of the film. We want him to sort of be out of the way for now.
4: Mm. Yeah, I think it's just like with. Uh, and no one, and I have talked about this before. Where they did Justice League Dark did that movie, and they had Batman in there. Just want to make sure they've got the sellable character, the big, the big character, and have him at the front. Even though Spider-Man's gone on like on his own individual movies, he's made the most money, like the biggest box office. Exception of like Titanic, so I think they just wanted to make sure that they wanted to hedge the bets with Iron Man in there, so for everybody to watch.
1: Did this movie have had Iron Man in it?
4: No. Well,
2: yeah, no, not as much
1: as. Oh, he didn't bother me
0: being in the movie as much as he was.
2: I thought it was yeah. I thought thought it felt natural, and it felt like it, It gave Peter motivation to be trying to live up to Tony Stark's. Sort of image of him, which I thought was an interesting way to approach it. And I, I like that they used happy a lot, so that you didn't actually have Iron Man on screen that much.
4: Yeah, that part was that part I like.
2: I
3: I think they also might be this. Is, this is more fan theory than anything else. I think they're building toward the same realization that Peter has in the comics, where him him and Iron Man get super super close for a long time, and eventually. Spider Man kind of figures out that Iron Man's a douchebag. Like, that he's he, he screwed everything up, and then it's his fault that the Avengers broke up, and then it's his fault that basically everything's wrong with the world, and he turns on him. And I'm assuming we might see the fruition of that in uh, Infinity War. Spider Man 4,
4: 2027.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're also like Iron Man is basically the lead character of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they've made it clear that the intention is to transfer that to Spider-Man so to have him like sort of figuratively handing the torch over and like you say if, if that does lead to some conflict in the next movie that would make sense in order to have that just the, the transfer of power happen on screen that we all know is, we all know Spider-Man is taking over the Cinematic Universe now that they have access to the character because he's the most marketable one they have so and we also know that Robert Downey Jr. can't keep doing this forever because he's like pushing sixty at this point.
1: <laughs> they got that technology where they can make him look younger. So look could just
0: no. Yeah, he's already said he knows he knows when he is like quitting. Yeah, I thought he I thought he was on
2: his way out.
1: Yeah,
0: he. Uh, I don't think he's told anybody what it is because I'm sure Marvel would keep backing that dump truck full of money up to his house, but. Um he says he doesn't want to keep doing it until it becomes embarrassing. So,
3: Oh, oh he going to die. He going to die in Infinity War.
0: Oh, that's pretty much what I'm banking on, too. So, I was thinking. Uh,
3: so here's the next question, because I, I don't know if everybody rages about the same things that I do, but at the very end of the movie when that thing turns around and it shows the new Spider-Man suit in it, did anyone else, like, freak out and go, no, don't you put him in that stupid fucking suit. I hate you all. <laughs> well, I-, I was already annoyed by
2: the, the existing suit, so I did not want him getting an upgrade.
3: Yeah. Well, see, even even if... if But if you look past the technology, the the suit that he's wearing is the best representation of the comic book suit.
1: Visually, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it does look good, yeah. But but to have the, when they showed that suit at the end that looks like something from one of the previous Spider Man movies, which all look like shit. <laughs> like I don't know, <laughs> it, it got it got all my hackles up. I was like, don't you put on that fucking suit? <laughs> I thought that whole ending was a little bit
2: weird, where it's like where like Tony offers him the spot in the Avengers and he turns it down. And I thought that was all kind of unnecessary. Like you could have had like a a quiet conversation between those two, where they mutually agreed that Spider-Man belongs on the ground for now, and you know, you go be the local hero, and that way you can have your spin-off movies. And that, that it would have worked better. I thought it, fe- it felt forced what they did.
0: So. Yeah, He yeah, it's definitely like they wanted to show you that he does finally get what he wants, and obviously turns it down because he knows that he's not ready for it yet. So that he's actually learned something throughout this uh, movie. But it is maybe a little heavy-handed.
4: Yeah, It's good, though, that Peter actually comes to realization like
3: his station life right now. He's 15. He's where he, that's where he needs to
4: be. He's And he's 15.
3: <laughs> and uh, if, if they are building toward toward what well, I think they're building toward with that uh, confrontation between Iron Man and Spider-Man, they're already starting to establish the fact that while Spider-Man isn't his skilled or as experienced as Iron Man, he is morally superior at the end of the day. Yeah, that
2: makes sense. Because at some point somebody's gonna start calling Tony out on his shit and having a, a a childlike character who can be sort of morally pure. So even if he does make mistakes we can forgive them because he's a young character. Having him be the one that eventually has to confront Tony Stark makes sense.
1: Even the vulture in his conversa- conversation in that parking garage, he talks about how all that military stuff that Tony Stark sold. He's like, how many people has Tony Stark killed? How many yeah. how much military stuff has he sold? He killed people, you know. So I mean, obviously, Robert Downey Junior.'s character, the Iron Man, has no idea. Like, he has no idea how big a douche he is.
3: Yeah. You
4: know? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, there's always the running theme of Tony Tony Stark can't help but make weapons. That's, like, what he does. And no matter no matter what he's trying to fix or what he's trying to, like, what moral high ground he thinks he's standing on, at the end of the day his answer is always to build another weapon. And it always goes bad.
0: Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, does anybody else have anything about, like, the final battle or anything in the wrap up of the film
3: uh, I really like the fact that the final battle didn't turn out to be a superhero slugfest mm. and instead ended up being more like a situational thing of Spider-Man just trying to prevent him from doing the thing he's trying to do if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah, very much felt like um, it wasn't so much I've got to stop him, as it is I just need to stop him from stealing this, and maybe I'll have to deal with him after this too. But it wasn't, it wasn't definitely like oh I'm going in, I'm stopping this once and for all like sort of situation. It's just I can't let him steal shit off his plane because it would be bad for everybody. And then just whatever happens happens. Um, another complaint I heard was that of course Spider Man doesn't actually. Stop the villain. It's a malfunction in his wings that stops him. Which I'm just like I don't know. That didn't bother me at all.
4: Maybe sometimes people got too many, too much time on their hands to come up
0: with.
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe just accept it and enjoy it for what it is now. Well,
3: <laughs> well, it's it's the Last Crusade plot hole. I know that if Spider-Man hadn't done it, the ending would have been the same. <laughs> but it was fun to see him do it. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have wanted
2: to watch a movie where Peter Parker just went to class every day and then at the end, the wings malfunctioned and nothing changed. Yeah, it <laughs> <just> very <laughs> <pretty> good movie. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Um, well, what does everybody think of uh, the last shot of the actual movie? Um we see that Aunt May discovers that Peter Parker is actually Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> he knows he's been doing
2: something. 15-year-old boy locked, locked room. You kidding me?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Everybody get their minds out of the gutter. He's just a superhero. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: right now, this is weird.
1: A lot of towels. White. A lot of towels. <laughs>
2: I know. I'm sort of curious to see where they go because it seems like Aunt May is going to be a more important character in the future Spider Man movies than I would have expected. Mm. I thought that, like in the past, she's always been kind of there to sort of become the damsel in distress when it's convenient. Um, I don't know much about Aunt May from the comic books, I, so I don't know if she's supposed to be. The modern version of her is a more active (laughs) participant. (laughs) No,er okay,
3: (laughs) (laughs) no. It's very, it's very much the opposite. And the whole idea of sexy Aunt May is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's hot. She's my cousin Vinny. Um, Noah, how do you? Yeah, Academy Award winner. How do you feel about the MGA reference for the academic?
3: Uh, I don't. I don't hate it. Uh, I know a lot of people were upset about the uh, the race switching and all that kind of stuff. But the the only thing I was weird about with MJ is in the comic books. The only consistent thing about MJ is that she's got red hair. And I think it's weird to have an MJ that doesn't have red hair. I don't. I don't give a shit what the color of her skin is or anything or what her attitude is or how she talks. But she should have red hair. Yeah, The actress that played her, she
1: was fantastic. She kind of played like the Ally Sheedy in Breakfast Club
4: in yeah. this universe. It was so much yeah. fun. <laughs> I think that's I part know. of it, just to
2: help keep that hidden with
4: the red hair. So if she does come back, yeah.
2: she, maybe she will, but I don't know. See, I have good. an issue with her being MJ because she didn't act anything like what I picture MJ acting like. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem for me. Um, I don't know race is not something that we should probably talk about because somebody will have offended but it's <laughs> I, I do I do like if you're going to have a character that's from the comics I like them to behave like they did in the comics and that's we've been praising Spider-Man for being the best representation of that mm-hmm. well then MJ should also be that and she's you know she's clearly not now whether they're even going to play her up as being MJ in future films or not or whether that was just a clever little one liner we'll never know Yeah. We'll never know until the next
0: movie. Yeah, I feel like it's like their get out of jail free card. So if they do decide to introduce Mary Jane into the story, they can just be like, well, yeah, but I mean, her name is Michelle and her friends call her MJ. That doesn't mean that she's Mary Jane, though. She's a completely different character. And I feel like they just wanted to have everybody go, oh, but then they don't have to, like, really follow up with it if they really don't want to.
3: If, if I was a betting man, my guess would be we're looking at four Spider-Man movies are planned and that they're going to work toward Mary Jane or MJ is going to become more MJ-like as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And odds are we're going to see the switch of Flash from kind of the antagonist, uh, Peter's best friend. And all of that's going to lead into with the Tom Hardy shit with uh Venom and all that, I think they're gonna attempt to push it into Agent Venom, which is what they really want.
1: Mm. So is that gonna be the same situation that this is like a
3: Sony movie made by Disney Well, I there's a lot of really, really weird rumors about it. Technically it's supposed to be completely separate. But there's a bunch of rumors that, like, Tom Holland's supposed to be making at least an appearance in it, and if that's the case, then nobody understands how any of these contracts work. So no one knows. But there's also
2: rumors yeah. that it's a rated R horror film and rumors that it's a comedy. So no one knows what's going on.
4: You think um, you think Venom's going to be Jason Todd? You think that's going <laughs> to happen? <laughs> <laughs> That would be the best <laughs>
0: twist ever. I would I would stand and applaud in the middle of the theater if that ended up being true.
3: The the end's just Stanley standing there. He goes, "Fuck you, DC." That's <laughs> <laughs> his final cameo.
4: Lights a cigar with a hundred dollar bill. Yeah,
1: it feels like he should. Like I mean, his wife just passed away recently. Unfortunately, it feels yeah. like he should get like. Into as many different scenarios as possible so they can record those for cameos for Marvel films. Like, they're just like, I'm getting the mail, I'm doing this, I'm picking up dog poop. Like, I'm doing everything a human could possibly do. So I look surprised
3: because there's there's a rumor rumor that they actually have like 20 Stanley cameos already filmed.
0: Well, uh, when uh, James Gunn was doing Guardians of Galaxy 2, he did confirm that he uh, directed Stanley. And recorded uh, four of the upcoming Stanley cameos, which is why I guess in this you just see Stanley sitting in front of a window, like looking out, and then doesn't interact with anybody else. No, no, he talks to the one lady about his mother, doesn't he? Well, he, he interacts with her, but I mean, there's no like, they're not on screen together or whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. So I know they've at least shot the, the next, what they said was the next four. So that include Guardians and this. So I guess there's two more they still have. That's perfect. Which well, I'm guessing also, one will be in Thor this fall.
2: Well, with Guardians, though, they also confirmed that it is the same character showing up in all of these different scenarios. So does yeah. That mean, <laughs> <at> <laughs> I mean it when Stan Lee passes away that they're actually going to have to kill off this character that's been showing up in every Marvel movie
3: for 20 years. Awesome. Uh,
0: I think he'll regenerate somehow. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, I think I think the argument made right now is that he's a character called the Recorder, and if he is, then technically he's a shapeshifter, so they could just just <laughs> get a lookalike or something. <laughs> or to
2: just go, no, that guy was Stan Lee at the end when somebody finally asks. That one, <laughs> the third one from the left. Sure. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Um, so does everybody stay for the credits? What's that?
1: How are you going to, like... <laughs> It was like ninety percent of the theater. Yeah, ninety percent
4: left. <laughs> we're on movie sixteen. I turned around. I said, "We have been into these movies we're like. We're trying to figure out the number. I'm like, we're this far into these movies. I mean, the the music was so loud anyway. But I was just like, I was trying to get somebody to listen to like, you're gonna walk out now? The credits are just like, just finished And everybody's like, well, you know. everybody's like, leave it. I'm like, are you kidding me? With this far in? Yeah. That's, that's my piece. I didn't know. have a ton of them,
0: uh, but some people got up and left uh, when the credit started, and then others got up and left after the mid-credit scene. And me and Amanda just shake our heads and shrug our shoulders, like, "What are you doing, fools? Not even trying." mid again,
4: where vultures in prison. Oh, okay, vulture. Okay, that was good. Yeah, yeah.
0: So we get uh, a hint that a character we saw on the ferry. Um, the ferry scene which actually I'm familiar with from Better Call Saul and Orphan Black so I was like at first I was like really that's the like super tiny scene that he had he didn't even have any lines he's just on the ferry and like shit goes down and that's it
3: I missed um, I missed his name in the movie did anyone else catch it
0: uh, nobody there, said anything but
2: there are people who have caught it though I don't I don't know it, but I know there are other people on the
3: internet who do. Yeah. I saw it today, actually, and I don't remember what I said Cause i I was thinking he might be Scorpion or the Chameleon, but I'm not. Um, it's supposedly Scorpion. This one. Yeah, because yeah, he's
0: got a giant scorpion tattoo on his neck. yeah, um, Which is what I led to believe. But, um, yeah, so we see uh, uh, Tom's in prison, and he tells he runs into Scorpion, whoever Whoever the character of Scorpion is going to be in these, these movies, he says the rumor was that he knows who Spider-Man's identity was. To which uh, Toombs replies, "If I knew who it was, he'd be dead already."
1: So it kind of leaves it kind of ambiguous. Like, is Michael Keaton's character keeping an eye on him now, like he's wanting to protect Spider-Man, or does he want to kill him himself?
3: Uh, I think it's supposed to be like, like he said earlier, he's kind of got this weird sense of honor to him. Like He spares him the first time because he saved the daughter, and I think mm-hmm. because he saved him the second time, he's not willing to just give him up. I'm sure he's willing to kill him, but not just letting yeah. Let yeah I took else it, do
0: it. I took it to be that he wants to kill him himself, rather than letting somebody else do it. And then there's been rumors, because they were planning a Sinister 6 movie before this Marvel deal happened, that uh, this may be Somewhat of a setup to may possibly move forward with another Sinister Six movie.
3: Thank God Which... that fell through. Yeah, <laughs> that was um, a that was a bad Green Goblin.
1: Well, it couldn't be as bad as
3: Fantastic Four. Huh?
2: Of oh, of throwing
1: throwing shade everywhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> real controversial statements coming out <laughs> against Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man and Fantastic Four.
0: Alright, so that leads us to the final post credit sequence. <laughs> um, which I didn't know anything about, and then I got this little app on my phone called RunPee so that if you need to go to the bathroom during a movie, it'll tell you a good time to go. Like, it'll vibrate. It's like, you can go to the bathroom now and not really miss anything important. And then <laughs> it'll also have a little catch-up synopsis. It'll catch you up what happened while you were gone. Um, the only thing I ever really use it for is to tell me if there's stuff after the credits and I mean obviously I knew there would be um, but I didn't know if maybe there was only going to be like the, the prison scene and maybe that would be it Um, but on the app it stated like you know there's a mid credit sequence and then there's a post credit sequence after the movie and in all caps it said that you must stay for and I was like oh shit like what's this
2: Good for that app. Uh, yeah. I'm in favor of that app now.
0: So, throughout the movie, we've seen these like educational instructional videos that Captain America has filmed. And he has his like Avengers suit on, so I'm assuming he did this as part of S.H.I.E.L.D. when he went into the S.H.I.E.L.D. fold after the first Avengers movie. And the first one was the uh, the physical fitness sort of captain america's physical fitness instructional video or whatever and then the next one which i thought was hysterical is peter parker's in detention and they're playing the the video and i just love it that captain america walks in and then flips the chair around backwards and sits on it like hey guys look i'm cool (laughs) i sit sit backwards on the chair (laughs) and he's like so now you've got detention and I, you see Peter Parker just like oh god and just sort of rolls his eyes
2: what I loved about those videos is I guarantee if there were real superheroes they'd make them do that shit Probably. and, then, and by the time you got out of elementary school
3: you would fucking hate
0: superheroes because
3: <laughs> they'd be making you watch this boring shit in class every day I'm really I almost missed it after the gym class one when the gym teacher goes alright everybody listen to Captain America or no wait he's a criminal now
0: <laughs> Whatever.
3: <laughs> that was awesome. I think he, he, he does, he does like the, he's like a war criminal now
2: or something. I don't know. They make me, they make me show it. He's just, and I love the moment because it also separates and it brings us back to this idea that we've got these Avengers fighting on this global scale, but these people that are like in this high school don't, Really care about that stuff, which is sort of how the real world works, right? Like, there's wars going on right now, and we're all sitting at home talking to each other about movies instead, because that's really more important to
1: us. It on is DVD more important. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's hilarious that they managed to just incorporate that into their movie.
1: Can we talk about Hannibal Buress for a second? Like, his character was, I mean, he's so deadpan. I guess that's kind of how stand up works, though, too. Yeah. But it is hilarious. I guess he was unavailable to go to the premiere. Did anyone else see that? No. I saw that. Oh, yeah, I did see.
0: Yeah, okay, go ahead. Explain to us, Carlson. Patterson will do it.
4: do it. Okay, so yeah, he was unavailable to go to the thing, so he posted on either Twitter or Instagram, something like that. He was just, just he's looking for somebody in the area that'd be available to show up and uh, somebody that was kind of look like him and at least be funny, and so. So some guy showed up and he paid him like 500 bucks to pretend to be him. It's online because there's this video where this woman is actually interviewing him as just, she has no idea. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm here with Hannibal Barrett. <laughs> it's fantastic.
0: God bless you, Hannibal Barrett, for having the best. Ever.
4: Yeah, he's got a thing. There's also another tweet like he's at home watching it. And he took a picture of it. He's like, oh, here's me. on It's me on the red carpet or something. <laughs> Nice.
0: Uh, all right, so we do get to the final post-post credit sequence, and as soon as it came up, I just busted up laughing my ass off. Oh yeah. Um, so we are treated to yet another Captain America instructional video, and it just opens with patience a vital tool for soldiers and students alike. And I'm just like, oh, my God, they are not doing this. <laughs> and so then he goes in talking about, uh, it's like, yeah, patience. Uh, sometimes you're wondering why you do it. And then sometimes you're incredibly disappointed and you don't even know why you waited so long. Like something like paraphrasing along with that or whatever, just why you waited so long to be disappointed. And <laughs> it just goes like, Sort of goes on, and he's just doing one of these, and then he just looks off to the side. And he's like, "How many more of these we got?" And then just cut to black. And I was fucking losing my mind laughing at the end of the at the end of the preview, or the end of the movie. It's just like, oh, they're complete. They're at the point now where they're just going to completely make fun of themselves for having post credit scenes, and this is the best thing in the entire world.
4: Like this is step one to them eventually getting the Stanley. Like, Fuck you!
1: <laughs> I made up all this shit in my basement. <laughs>
3: uh, I, I stole everything from Jack Kirby and then let his family that. drive for eighty years. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: so, I I loved this ending. I thought it was like the perfect little note because yeah, it was just this because I I also saw this at a drive-in so like there was a whole bunch of cars that were like edging towards the thing like we gotta go but they know they can't leave until the final thing happens yeah. so you can just imagine the guy like at the front going like I've been holding up this line to see this great
0: <laughs> uh, uh, how, did, uh, how did you guys' theaters take it Noah and or the mics
3: uh, ever, everybody seemed to think it was pretty funny uh, I was a little disappointed because I was, you know, hoping for another tie-in to something, but
4: one I you. liked it. <laughs> I want Darkseid to show up and I mean... <laughs> Hilarious. I their eyes was kind of split, wasn't it? Like, some people were laughing at us. Some people were like, oh. Didn't get it. Yeah. Of the heat, people that stuck around.
1: I don't know. I really like this one. I thought that was the best one. I, don't know. I really love
3: that one. Uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. I think we can just accept
2: that they're all pretty much good. The funny ones are the best ones, though. I think it's for me, if you wait through the whole credit, if you have to wait through the whole credits to get the tie into the next movie, I don't really like that. I like that to be your mid-credit one and just do something funny at the end. So this was perfect. I will say, my non geek girlfriend who was not happy to still be at the drive in at like 1 o'clock, and I'm going, No, we can't go yet. No, we can't go yet. She would. She's like, That's what we waited for. And I'm like, Yeah, wasn't it awesome? She, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I think there's a certain mindset that will appreciate it, um, but a certain mindset that will not.
4: <laughs> and I will be the girlfriends and wives like
3: 90% of the time. I think. <laughs> I
1: don't know if I save New York, I'd want to get something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: I will point out that one thing exists now that is a possibility in this universe that will never happen, but it would be super awesome. This version of Spider-Man taking on Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. <laughs> I think, as far as like the Marvel
1: Marvel universe, like I think he's the best bad guy. I think, like, I Finn, think yeah. 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 Oh yeah, for
2: sure. Yeah, he's yeah. A-
0: well, I mean, he also had like at least six hours to sort of perfect that character, which yeah. is a little unfair, but yeah, I think he's definitely well, what's, my what's, favorite what's, Marvel
4: villain so far. Too. <laughs> he's got to be at least six that's hours. What? There. what? You, got, you got two Thor movies and one Avengers movies for, for Loki. Lo- lo- yeah. So that's at least six hours right there he should be able to. I'm just I'm just throwing out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah he had six hours Loki and then Take
2: that King- Loki. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean Do you know what I actually wish? Sorry, go ahead.
4: No, I was just gonna say Loki is easily the like as far as just the movies go, he's probably still yeah. on the better one. Yeah. The best one.
2: See, I, I actually wish that they would do Spider-Man as a Netflix series. I think he would work amazingly well as like that low level if you like kind of powered him down a bit from the movie version. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they would never do it because there's so much money to be made putting these out in theaters. But I think it'd be awesome. Like, when it's be
1: like as far as like national international recognition, it's Batman's, Superman,
2: Spider-Man. Right? I mean, that's yeah. what people everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man is still like. A, My understanding, merchandise-wise, like the number one of all superheroes, and you know, considering the last couple of movies have been flops, for that still to be true is kind of fascinating.
1: Mm -hmm. It's the underwear. Still, the underwear underwear.
2: over the top of the underwear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing else before we uh, wrap up this episode:
3: Did anyone else get a giant raging boner when the Black Panther trailer came on?
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't have the Black Panther trailer in mine.
3: Yeah, me neither.
4: I don't think we got there in time, do we? I've did seen guys, it though, and it, it looks already? fucking awesome. Did you guys yeah. go
3: to IMAX?
0: No.
4: Oh, we get the it was. <laughs> we don't all have IMAX everywhere <laughs> we, have we go, and plutonium place. in every corner of drugstore. <laughs> <laughs> no, was I'm it what?
3: good in IMAX? Say what?
0: Was it good in IMAX?
3: Of course it was good in IMAX.
0: <laughs> no, it was terrible in IMAX. What the fuck do you think? Yeah, it
3: was like uh it, it, the Black Panther trailer was like an extended trailer I hadn't seen it yet, and it Ooh. was awesome. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm excited for a character I don't really know a whole lot about. Like I'm super excited to see that movie.
2: Yeah, I know nothing about Black Panther except he was cool in Civil War. That's my oh, knowledge yeah. of the character, so uh, he I know him from a couple less, of cartoons,
3: but that's about it. Less murdery Punisher in a super suit. Hmm. And smarter. But to be fair, everybody's less murdery than
2: Punisher, so...
0: Well...
3: <laughs> well, but most, most, What I mean by that is most uh, Black Panther stories ends up being, this guy does something bad, and Black Panther goes and beats the ever-living dog shit out of it instead of arresting him. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough.
0: Yeah. I'm down yeah, for that in mean, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is, is anybody else excited for the uh, Punisher Netflix series? Oh, yeah. It's going to
3: be so
4: good. Yeah, I think that'll I be a, I like, like that. Was a big... Like, he's like a thread running through the other one, but I mean, I'm sure he'll do. I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to do awesome at right. it.
0: Yeah, I think he on, is, was the best interpretation of Punisher that we've yeah. seen so far. And I just loved his his sort of like logic of like, okay, you hit people, they get back up. If I hit them, they don't get back up. And I'm like, oh, like it's such just a great like uh, great portrayal of that character. Yeah, I'm a little worried thought, of over saturation too with like with like uh, ten or whatever episodes, but seems like uh, they've done pretty well so far. So I'm excited to see it.
3: Yeah, I was a little worried with that run with uh, him and Daredevil because that happens in the comic books. In the end, the basically the philosophy of it that ends up coming out is so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> because basically what they both decide is the way Frank does things is wrong. But it's the only way to get anything done. But if you do it that way, everyone's going to die. And it's just going to... End in chaos, and then Daredevils way, He's doing it the right way, but nothing ever gets done, and everything ends in chaos, and everybody dies.
2: Yeah, I don't know that they're going to uh, go quite that dark with their, with their universe in on um, in the television shows. But it's interesting that that's how the care. I mean, essentially, that is the conclusion in the TV shows as well. They just don't quite say it, but they're like, "Yeah, Daredevil, you keep." not accomplishing anything, and Punisher, you keep murdering. So, <laughs> either of those are really positives.
1: <laughs> yeah. I hope they got enough for enough episodes. I mean, I hope it's... I, I don't know. I they going to do, like, backstory for Punisher.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Like, like I've said, I, I think they've done a pretty good job so far with their Netflix stuff, but... There is a possibility of oversaturation. The fist guy, yeah,
4: especially Iron Fist. I did really good with that.
0: Yeah. I still haven't watched it yet, so I saw
4: the first like couple minutes where Arrow happens, and I'm
3: like, I'm not. Gonna...
0: <laughs> I don't know. I was a big fan of Iron Fist, though.
3: It was a, the, the series is pretty okay. Like I, I'm. Big fan <laughs> doesn't say big, pretty okay. Big fan. Okay, I'm a big, big fan, of, pretty fan, pretty, of, a big fan okay. of Iron Fist in general, and I didn't hate that series, and I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as people keep saying it is. Uh, it's it it's at worst mediocre, and mediocre is perfectly fine.
4: <laughs> Not when you get yeah, like season one Daredevil. At least.
2: Yeah. I thought Iron Fist was pretty good. It's it's not the problem is it's up against so much that's been great. Like both seasons of Daredevil are yeah. really good. Jessica Jones was really good. Even Luke Cage was with like extremely good for television. And so then you get a show that's pretty good and people are like trashing it, but it's still better than anything else you're gonna watch on television. So yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So, Speaking of which, did anybody uh, get a chance to watch Castlevania? I, have I haven't yet. Huh? Oh my god, so good!
1: <laughs> How many parts is it?
3: It's it's four thirty-minute episodes. It's all they put out, and it's uh, the the artwork in it is amazing.
1: So I remember playing the video game, and you're like a vampire trying to kill another vampire. Is that what it is? is it based off the video game?
3: Yeah, it's based off the video games. It's based off of. Uh, I'm trying to think of which game it was. The second or third game continuing into the one that was called Symphony of the Night that was on PlayStation.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to check it out, especially with only four episodes. I think uh, it'd be an interesting watch, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet.
3: It's pretty awesome. <laughs>
4: somebody's a big fan
3: I'm a big fan
0: okay that's how you're a big fan All right, so we're going to wrap this up Uh, so I want to thank the uh, two mics, Carlson and Patterson for stopping by Uh, my co-host from the last podcast Doug for stopping by and uh, Murph from all the uh, Dead Indicator podcasts um So, yeah, you should check out uh, theawesome dot .net, .com. Have you upgraded to a .com yet? <laughs> uh, they, they
1: go to .com and redirect you to the .org. It's okay. I, mean, we, or, I mean, we, the very infancy of the internet, we were there. So check it out. Okay. Um,
0: and then uh, where can people find you at, Noah? What's your uh,
3: – Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you can find me everywhere find me on Facebook at uh, Hero and Abridged or you can find me through the Dead Indicator stuff on Twitter and everything else and then I've got even more podcasting stuff that's in the works and...
1: well I guess your wife hasn't been yet yeah.
2: to
3: <laughs> well, I got rid of my fiancée to, okay. to free up extra podcasts. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Pull out a hole in your heart, which is a bunch of mind. shit you do.
0: Perfect. Uh, and then, uh, Patterson, people can find you as sometimes Mike on Twitter.
4: Got yeah, it. or two match productions on Facebook. I kind of check it. Just don't ask me about Earth Day 2 and I'll respond What's back. happening? Yeah, right.
0: Um... And then, uh, of course, Doug can be found on the last horror cast. Uh, is there any other uh, personal information you want to give out, Doug?
2: No, that's fine. Yeah, all right.
0: Doug, um, Doug
2: is going to get woken up by a screaming baby in roughly three hours. So yeah. let's just get this mo- get moving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, hit up uh, geeknerdery.com. Check out all the podcasts we got over there. Uh, you can email us, geeknerdery at gmail.com, and uh, on Twitter, at geeknerdery. Um, so thanks for coming, guys. And uh, if you haven't yet, check out Glow and check out Spider-Man Homecoming. And stop by geeknerdery.com and find out what your geek is.